You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So once again, we have got a lot, 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 lot to talk about. And um, I always, I just, this, these last couple episodes, I just kind of get nervous because it's, I'm still trying to understand what's going on in my own mind as I try to tell you what's going on in my own mind. I feel like I'm riding a bike without training wheels for the first time. It's like, you know, I kind of get the general concept of it, but I'm still afraid I'm going to fall over and just completely wreck this thing in a bush, you know. That, that bush that always has spiders in it, like really big ones. Probably just had a bunch of babies, so you're going to go in there and have baby spiders on your face. Just the worst day ever. That never happened, but, you know, it's a, it's a, I feel like it's a reasonable fear. But as I'm, um, again, for three, four days straight now trying to... I, I asked for help at the exact wrong time, so I'm, I'm really sorry to all the guys who were working hard, going out, finding information for me to talk about. And then I just get stuck on one thing. But there's a lot of stuff that's been happening that's kind of big. Um, and maybe it's not big, but it's it's big enough now that we have to at least address it. You know, I, I can't just walk past. There are certain things I, I barely touch on and go, yeah, this is a thing. I don't care. But uh, these are not things that I can't. should probably remove a couple negatives. These are things I feel are reasonable to address. So, yes, um, among, amongst a few other things, we're going to be talking about the Brett Favre situation and and like everything there are the extremes of these points of view and usually maybe there's been a couple times where the extreme extreme is the correct answer although i doubt it because that would mean you'd have to find a that that there's no person who's willing to go too far on an issue which um i i would bet there's not many issues like that But with the news, and it's the news in general, but obviously the Brett Favre thing is the most recent on top of every other person chiming in and giving their opinion, and everything gets kind of muddled, and and so we've got the two extremes. The, and and there's, there's variations of what this extreme is, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to ask for a trade, the Packers are going to push Aaron Rodgers out, you know, whatever the furthest extreme of that is, they hate Rodgers, Rodgers hates them. Then there's the other extreme of everybody's out to get Rodgers. None of this is true. Rodgers has never been happier. He's going to be best friends with Jordan Love. He didn't even want a wide receiver. Matt LaFleur is his best friend. Everybody in the media is a lying piece of garbage, including football players. And anybody who's ever said anything bad about Rodgers is just a liar. And they're just out to get him. And it's this grand conspiracy theory to bring him down and create division. And clickbait, even though... Nobody's clicking on Brett Favre because that's not how a thing works. You can't just click on a guy. But still, Brett Favre is clickbaity. 
those those are kind of the extremes and I'm trying there, there's a big broad area in between that kind of to be honest anywhere in there that you want to stand is fine but we got to get some people off those those edges and extremes because it's just kind of silly and I think yesterday and I very rarely usually I just keep my opinions to myself and and move on but I got really frustrated with the amount of and I and I get it right and, and I feel like sometimes people don't know as I put it yesterday, how and when to pick your battles. Because there certainly are times when Aaron Rodgers, you know, there, there's all kinds of people that speculate on nonsense. And it's kind of a popular thing to do to, to, to jump up and say, you know, how dare you and da da da, you know, the, the, the pearl clutching crew, you know, oh, I'm so ashamed. How could you? And that's like a thing that you do. How dare you attack my, my guy, right? Just hoping one day Rodgers will see it and then we'll be best friends or whatever, whatever the plan is, I don't know. But you got to pick, pick your battles, man. And some of these people just are not saying things that make any sense. And I just kind of got a little overheated and sent out a tweet that I usually refrain from. But I just, I, it was one after the other and, and prominent people that you would consider, I guess, people that you kind of respect saying just nonsense. It's like, you know what, you bunch of dummies. I, I just, I can't take this anymore. I cannot take this anymore. So I just want to go through the, the body of evidence of what we do know. And just kind of ask the question of what makes sense. And it's not one particular thing. There's a spectrum of what makes sense. And the, and the reality lies somewhere in there. And to be honest, zero people, not one person on the planet, knows exactly what the situation is, including Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur or whatever, because they don't know how each other are thinking. Aaron Rodgers, does, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know how he's going to feel necessarily in six months. He, doesn't, he has an idea now where he's at. He doesn't even know where he's going to be when the football season gets going. He doesn't know where Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst are. He might be thinking things. Certain people might be putting stuff in his head. Maybe he wasn't thinking it was a big deal, but now that everyone's talking to him and you know you got football players and Brett Favre talking about, man, they're out to get you. Maybe he's starting to believe. We have no idea. Nobody has any idea. So there's a... A very broad range of what is, what what could be now, and what might be in the future. And again, anywhere that you want to, you know, it's it's like it's like gambling, man. It's it's honestly like roulette. You know, th- this ball there there's there's a certain number of possibilities that this thing could land on. And and I'm saying you could put your chips anywhere, and, and you're probably right. Or you could just go the easy route and put it on red or black, right? Red being, I think, Aaron Rodgers plays for a long time. Black being, I think, Jordan Love at some point is going to take over for whatever, right? That's the simple route. But if you want to be specific, you can put it on any one of these spots. I just want to make sure that the people whose chips are sitting on the floor, we get them up off the floor and at least get it on the board somewhere. I bet you that ball's going to pop out and land right over there. I'm putting my chips over there. No, no, come on, man. Stop doing it. I don't think, I don't, you keep, I don't even think you're allowed to put your chips on the floor like that, dude. You're going to get kicked out of here. You are acting belligerent right now. But that's that's sort of the goal, I guess. And there's a couple other things I want to touch on first, which I guess we'll get started with the other things. Now that I got you all excited to hear about Brett Favre, let's talk about not Brett Favre. So obviously, because the uh, Chicago Bears are following the Cleveland Browns strategy, who at one point were following the Minnesota Vikings strategy of picking up every single scrap from the uh, Green Bay Packers, they have decided to also pick up Trevor Davis. One thing is very clear to me, the, the Chicago Bears have no respect for the Green Bay Packers. Because if you think about it, if, if they believed that the Green Bay Packers were this great organization and a great football team with top-level coaching, scheme, all that stuff, they would probably feel like they got a pretty good evaluation of what these players can do by watching them play for the Green Bay Packers. Somehow, during the course of last season, they felt like 
the Bears and their ability to coach and put players in good, you know, spots to succeed is on a much higher plane than where the Packers are at because they watch Jimmy Graham play and go, you know what, I bet we can make him a star. They watch Trevor Davis and say, you know what, I don't like how they used him. I bet if we use him, he's going to be a star. Jason Spriggs, I mean, I don't know how else you use a tackle that can't block, but still going to be a star. Probably that elite-level coaching that they have over there in Chicago. And why wouldn't you trust a guy like Ryan Pace? I mean, the guy has just done wonders for that team, so... Anyways, Trevor Davis, have fun in Chicago. Hopefully we get to see you again. I always like Trevor Davis. I think he got a lot of uh, undue hatred from Packers fans. And I, it's it's sort of fair, because Packer fans wanted him to be a really good wide receiver, and he never really was, which is kind of what people wanted as their A number one. The kick return thing was nice, but nobody... Plus, there's the fact that he, you know, did drop a lot of those kick returns, which upset a lot of people. I was talented, though. Like, when he actually caught one you know like he didn't drop it and he had a, a couple steps that he could take he was pretty electrified i always liked him i always wanted him to stay I, I i had no problem if you've been listening for a while i had no problem just designating him as a kick returner. just make a spot on the roster on the 53 just call him a kick returner slash punt returner. don't even just get rid of the wide receiver label just stop just stop doing that and let him but you know whatever it's fine i understand it i understand you don't want to take up a spot for that but the guy is good not as a wide receiver but as a returner i respect him I respect him. That actually kind of, we'll just, I never know what order to go in because there's so much overlap with all these things. One thing that dawned on me, and I find this interesting, um, I don't think ever, no matter what the situation is, no matter who your team is, what your, your, your needs are, I don't think there is a single fan or fan base that would be upset by a team drafting a wide receiver ever. I feel like wide receiver is the most coveted position by any fan ever it is the most fan centric pick of all time and i started forming this opinion when i watched i went on youtube and i was watching draft reactions and there were a lot of reactions uh for the eagles and i had said going into this i don't think wide receiver is the eagles biggest need in fact i don't think it is by a mile they don't have elite wide receivers but they've got some i mean alshon jeffrey's still a good wide receiver they've got a good number two a good number three Compared to things like corner, wide receiver is not even close to their top need. Not even close. But the two guys that I saw having reactions, obviously there's the guy everybody knows who's uh, known for being um, very loud and uh, saying outrageous stuff, which is kind of funny, but kind of ridiculous at the same time. But he like collapsed on the floor. He was so excited they got Jalen Rager. The other guy was upset, but just because he didn't like Jalen Rager. But he was also furious because the Cowboys got C.D. Lamb. Because the the perception is, and if you, that's kind of where my brain went next, was look at how everybody reacted when the Cowboys got C.D. Lamb. The one thing this team absolutely did not need is C.D. Lamb. They have got wide receivers for days. They already drafted Michael Gallup, who is a talented wide receiver. They've already got Amari Cooper, who they paid a massive amount of money. They need offensive line help. They need tight end help. They could use a little bit of linebacker help despite, you know, drafting Van Der Esch and Smith being somewhat promising and whatnot. Van Der Esch took a massive step back. There's injury concerns. They need cornerback help. They need pass rush help. They could probably use some defensive line help. Safeties that Clinton Dix is on like a, what, a one-year, maybe a two-year deal? I mean, pretty much every single position, with the exception maybe of running back, quarterback, and tackle, would have been a bigger need than wide receiver. 
They took C.D. Lamb, and they are being hailed as just, this is a brilliant pick. And I'm not even necessarily saying I'm against it, but it's, it's an interesting thing. Because I can't think of any other position in which, if you already have one, if you're already set at that position, and you draft at that position, especially in the first round, everybody, if, you, if you're set at linebacker and draft a linebacker, people are going to flip. If you're set at quarterback and draft a quarterback, people are going to be mad. Running back, tackle, offensive line, corner, safety, defensive line, edge rusher, all that. The only position I can think of where if you're already stacked and draft another one, people are going to be really excited as wide receiver. Because wide receiver is what makes everything exciting. I mean, quarterback, you could say if you don't have a quarterback, but again, in this example, if even if you already are set there, because I think what fans love and want more than anything is a downfield aerial assault. Every fan wants that. Every single fan on earth wants a team that is just unstoppable through the air. And so conversely, when you have a team like the Green Bay Packers, and this is funny because I can't seem to get people off of it, everybody's stuck on why won't you help Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. I thought we did. Didn't we draft a running back and a tight end? Because here's the thing. If you want to help Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, the best way to do that is to get Lafleur's scheme moving. Matt LaFleur's scheme doesn't need another wide receiver. Matt LaFleur's scheme needs a workhorse back and a tight end. That's how you make this thing work. That's how you make the offense work. And if the offense is working properly and has all the proper pieces, then Rodgers is going to be more prolific in this offense. But we don't care about that. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I said help him. Help him what? Help him not follow the script and go off script and just launch balls down the field? That's what you mean by help him? Everybody's just stuck on it. Help means wide receiver. Get a really fast wide receiver that's going to just run down the field. Get him with the 4-2 speed. Denzel Mims, super fast, super tall, run down the field, jump up in the air. Uh, uh. I, well, uh, what? We helped Aaron Rodgers with the second and third and, and sixth rounds. Offensive line, running back, tight end. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't really understand what we're talking about. And again, I've already said a thousand times, well, we don't have a good enough wide receiver. Okay. Says who? Who has better receivers, the Bears or the Packers? The Packers do. Who is the wide receiver the Bears drafted? Who has better receivers, the Packers or the Baltimore Ravens? The Packers do, by a mile. Who did they do? Who's the wide receiver they draft? Oh, yeah, that's right. They drafted Patrick Queen. They didn't draft a wide receiver. In fact, they went linebacker, and then they got Dobbins, who is a running back. They need wide receiver. They didn't get a wide receiver. So, riot or what? Is everybody, I mean, should we say that the, the, the Ravens are doomed now? They're doomed. I mean, how, how could they possibly win a Super Bowl with Hollywood Brown as their number one wide receiver? And Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin. I mean, you can't win a Super Bowl because you don't have even a number one wide receiver, much less a number one in the number two spot. You don't have two number ones. You can't win a Super Bowl. You're garbage. So congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens. They're garbage now, despite the fact that they didn't have good wide receivers last year and did really well despite the fact that the Packers went 13 wins and were one game away, and despite the fact that the 49ers don't have two wide receivers. But apparently the Packers are different. And Aaron Rodgers should absolutely riot because he's, he doesn't have a, a, a special wide receiver group. Every other quarterback, it's fine if you don't have two elite wide receivers, but Aaron Rodgers should, want, should demand a trade because they didn't get him a second elite wide receiver. Everybody should have two top 10 wide receivers. Shame on Brian Gutekunst. I mean, what are we talking about? Stop it! Poor Teddy Bridgewater. Poor Mitch Trubisky. They're not even going to try to salvage his, his uh, career. They didn't get him a wide receiver. 
Matt Stafford, the Lions, I thought they actually cared about trying to win games. They drafted Jeff Okuda. Dude, you have Galladay and nothing. Amendola and Jones are over the hill. They're not even going to be here next year. You don't even care about Stafford? What do you... I thought, okay, apparently you guys just want to get fired. You're not getting a an elite number two wide receiver. Phillip Rivers and the Colts? I mean, you spend all that money on Phillip Rivers, and he's got, what, still just T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton is nowhere near the same wide receiver he used to be. Outside of that, what do you got? A uh, team that'll never win a Super Bowl because you only have one good wide receiver. So, congratulations. Chiefs, sorry, you're doomed. Tyreek Hill, congratulations. Yeah, great, you got Tyreek Hill. Uh, who else did you draft? You didn't draft another wide receiver? Why? Is it because you're dumb? Is it is it because you're dumb? Is that what it is? Is it because you don't care? I tell you what, Pat Mahomes should demand a trade. He's got Tyreek Hill and some tight end, and that's it? And you're not going to get him another wide receiver? Ugh. I'm just tired of it. And to be honest, I, I, I don't, you know, as far as the relationship and, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I feel like this should be a pretty easy sell for Matt LaFleur to say, listen to me. And and probably, and I, this is one of the things I don't understand, is why, if there isn't more communication, there should be. Because if you knew this was your plan, to get the pieces you need to make the offense work, as opposed to just getting offensive weapons and wide receivers just for the sake of getting a bunch of wide receivers, I would feel the need to communicate that to Rodgers. Because I don't want him to build up false expectations. I would talk to Rodgers. I mean, you guys have meetings during the season all the time. How is it not communicated that what you're missing are, you know, the tight ends and and having running backs that can do certain things? You would think Aaron Rodgers would be up to speed on what this offense really needs and why it's not quite working right. I would have been on the phone immediately after A.J. Dillon and DeGuara. I mean, I know you're busy, but I mean, this is kind of an important thing here. I mean, after DeGuara being like, dude, this is great. Get excited, man. This is going to be awesome. We're really going to turn this thing up. Can't wait to see what you can do once we get this offense clicking. And You know what I mean? I mean, if, if Brett Favre and a bunch of other people are going to be getting into Aaron Rodgers' head, and you know they are, and that's that's part of what I wanted to talk about from the people who say that this is no big deal. Look at the reaction from A.J. Hawk. Look at the reaction from David Bakhtiari. Look at the reaction from, um, from Brett Favre. I mean, every single former and current player with Aaron Rodgers, their reaction isn't, oh, relax, you guys are overreacting. Only fans are saying that. Not a single player is saying that, with the exception of maybe Leroy Butler. Leroy Butler is is awesome because he has basically just become a rabid Packers fan. He is he is he would fit in perfectly with I mean Packers social media and especially in Facebook where everybody's either be positive or get out. That's just Leroy Butler. You gotta love him for it. But seriously, look look at what the players are saying. How how is a fan can you sit here and say this this is a media creation and oh you guys are being ridiculous and you're making this up? Really? So A.J. Hawk is making this up? And David Bakhtiari is making it up? He doesn't really, he has no idea. How would David Bakhtiari know? He doesn't know. How would Brett Favre know? He only talks to him like daily. Come on, man. You're, you're, this is, this is willing ignorance. I'm kind of, I'm kind of blasting into this more than I wanted to. I'm not even ready to start talking about it. We had other stuff to talk about, but it just, again, it all just kind of overlaps and, you know, and here we are. So let's, this is not what I wanted to do and I'm upset, but whatever. Let's just start. Where are we at with this? I think it is unreasonable to say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. Now, I, I, I think he shouldn't care, but again, we're not operating in the world of should. We're operating in the world of is. And I, I don't really care as much 
how Aaron Rodgers should feel, because I've already told you how he should feel. I think he should be excited, and I think Matt LaFleur should be talking to him regularly, and Gutekunst should be talking to him regularly, talking about how excited they are and how they did give him weapons and built up around him. We're building up this offensive line. We're going to get this run game going. I, I got you this bruiser. Trust me, we're, we're really going to crank this thing up. And with DeGuara, you know, I mean, I, I would be, I mean, I don't know what you can or can't talk about. I think there's rules about that as far as talking playbook and everything else. But I, I mean, I would be talking to him regularly about, I can't, you know, how we, we struggled to get this last year. And I really think with DeGuara, we're going to be able to do this and this. And we move him over here and, oh man, they're not going to know what to do. I mean, just conveying that level of excitement to Rodgers, who is your quarterback and who you've been saying is going to be your quarterback for a long time. Even if you don't actually believe that, keep saying it and can keep conveying that to Rodgers. But again, that's the world of should. Aaron Rodgers should be excited that he did get help on offense. They, they for the first time ever, went pure offense. And they didn't go pure offense for the sake of not building a really good offense. That doesn't even make sense. How do, how do you spend an entire draft drafting offensive players and then sit back and say, you did nothing to help the offense? That's literally all they did. But again, the only way you can help the offense in the eyes of a lot of people, and it's not just fans, it's media members, is to draft wide receivers. You, you, I mean, if you get offensive line, tight end, quarterback, and literally every position except wide receiver they drafted, and people are saying you did nothing to help the offense, which, again, confirms my suspicion that the only position people care about on offense is wide receiver, unless you need a quarterback and then it's quarterback. But otherwise, it's just wide receiver. It's the, it's the most, in the draft, it is the most popular player that there is. For teams that already have quarterbacks, wide receiver is, that's it, man. But I want to look at it from the other perspective, from people who are kind of assuming that the world of should is the world of is. Um, the idea that, listen, Brian Gutekunst and them have already said that they might draft a quarterback and that if they do, Aaron Rodgers will understand. And Aaron Rodgers even said himself, like, I get it. I know that this is how this works. I understand. But I, I just I want to look through a couple things here. Because, again, football players are trying to tell you how they think Aaron Rodgers, people who know Aaron Rodgers, how they think Aaron Rodgers is going to feel, and are also telling you how they would feel about stuff. So we have this fantasy in our mind that Aaron Rodgers is superhuman. He has no emotion about this whatsoever. He has no ill feelings about this whatsoever. He's going to be fine. Or if he has emotions, it's going to be motivation, and he's going to be a superhuman person who's going to go out and play out of his mind, which I think is also nonsense. But let's start with the fact that Aaron Rodgers was actually on a call with Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk, and they had talked about this. If you listen to A.J. Hawk has his own podcast, he invited Aaron Rodgers on, and Aaron Rodgers agreed to be on there. And so early on in the draft process, they were talking. They were having a conversation. Aaron Rodgers was there. Now, I wasn't watching it. I was doing my own stream, so I don't know at what point Aaron Rodgers cut out. I'm sure it was just a, a short little call with Rodgers during this stream, whatever. But then he went and did his own thing. And again, remember, this is these are people that know Rodgers. These are former football players who understand the emotion of all this. When this pick happened... I don't care about the fanboy who got up and kicked something and stormed out. That's irrelevant to me. But you have Pat McAfee, former football player, saying his first thought is Rodgers is not going to be happy. A.J. Hawk being shocked, saying Rodgers is not going to be happy. And then both of them saying, listen, I'm not." They, they had planned to call him. They said, I'm not going to call him right now. And it was like, yeah, no, I, I, we shouldn't. Because they both came to the conclusion they needed to give him time because he's not going to be happy. 
I don't think this is something you can ignore. Again, how can we as fans sit here and talk about football players who know Aaron Rodgers personally and understand the emotion of this process and sit here and say, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care? How do you know how Aaron Rodgers feels? You know better than A.J. Hawk and Pat McAfee, friends of Aaron Rodgers who literally were just on the phone with him and are coming to the conclusions now is not a good time to talk to the man. You're going to sit here and say, oh, come on, he's fine. And listen to me. He's going to come out sometime very soon, and he's going to address the media, and his comment is going to be that he doesn't care, more or less. Now, if he throws any kind of a slight jab in there, that's that's very telling, because, the ex- again, it's all about what do you expect. I expect him to come out and be like, look, you guys are blowing this out of proportion. And then all of the people who are saying the media is dumb, and you guys don't know what you're talking about, and this is all speculation, are going to hail this as this great, oh, see, I told you. Dude, No. He's not going to tell you if he's mad. You have to know that. So I expect him to come out and lie and say he doesn't care. That is my expectation. So that's not vindication of anything, just so you know. But that's not all. There was also David Bakhtiari's reaction, a guy who is very good friends with Aaron Rodgers, who is currently still friends with Aaron Rodgers and playing with Aaron Rodgers, who saw the pick and was stunned at the pick. Despite the fact that there's already been talk about the quarter, the, the, the Packers talking about quarterbacks, potentially drafting a quarterback, talking about with, with uh, Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts, you know, talking to these guys. Despite Aaron coming out and saying, look, you know, it's, I understand how this thing works, you know, it, it's no big deal or whatever. Despite all that, why wasn't David Bakhtiari the voice of reason? When everybody else is freaking out, why didn't David Bakhtiari go, and it's not a big deal, dude. Like, Rodgers knew that this was a possibility. He's a professional, all that stuff. Because that's the media answer. That's the answer that uh, Aaron Rodgers gives to the media when asked about it. That's the answer that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst give to the media when you have to put on your, your professional face. But when these guys are dressed down and hanging out, and A.J. Hawks just kicking back and smoking a cigar, and David Bakhtiari's just chilling at his house talking to whoever it was on some stream, what was his instant reaction? When he's not putting on his game face and pretending to say things to the media and he's just being real, what was his reaction? He was stunned. And his reaction is, essentially, Rodgers is going to be furious. Now, what he said is he's, you know, he's going to light the league on fire or whatever, but wh- wh- why? Because he's going to be furious and he's going to want to show everybody that this was a terrible decision. Again, I don't necessarily believe that's the case, and you know, I hope it is. I just think that's a generally... I mean, to be honest, we've heard this a thousand times, including with Rodgers, right? Something happens to Rodgers, oh, he's going to come back and he's just going to tear it up. Comes back from injury. He's going to come back furious, right? That that season in which he got injured the whole year, and then he came back, and what was it? We played the the Vikings or something, or the Lions? It's like, oh, he's going to come back with a vengeance, and it was like his worst game ever, you know, because he hasn't played for a while. But the point is, I mean, we, we keep hearing this. And it just, it never materializes. Same with the whole, oh, he's going to be great when you pair him with Rodgers, right? Oh, man, imagine Jimmy with Rodgers. Imagine blah, 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 and then they come here and they're even worse. I'm just tired of hearing it. But the bottom line is, what are these people telling us? I don't think that's insignificant. I don't think, and, and granted, these people aren't Rodgers, but it's it, there's a consistent pattern here. The pattern is football players and friends of Aaron Rodgers view this as disrespect. And I think it's... It's a little unreasonable to assume that Aaron Rodgers is the one guy who doesn't agree. They all expected help for Aaron Rodgers. They all expected wide receiver, whatever. None of them expected quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers is the one guy that's going to be sitting at home saying, oh, I don't mind. This is the guy that we're talking about. This is the guy in question. So if Bakhtiari's mad, how is Rodgers not mad? I don't, I don't find that to be unreasonable. And then you get to Brett Favre, which we haven't really got to yet. And this is sort of the... the the needle that 
broke the camel's back or whatever the saying is. Straw. Same difference. Similar weight, I would assume. Let's actually start with the fact that... <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Sounds like maybe Brett was doing a little day drinking. I don't know when this was recorded. But I found it odd that Brett would, would say some of the things that he said. But when you s- listen to the start of this uh, this podcast, it, I don't know. It's a little slow. Slow in responding to the questions and... It's kind of an awkward feel to it. Usually Brett Favre is, you know, quick and sharp and all that. I don't, I'm just saying, he seems a little different in this, <laughs> this interview. Maybe, maybe there's just a, a delay, you know, I don't know. So one of the things a lot of people are saying about uh, Brett, just like everybody else, is that it's all just speculation, right? They don't actually know, which, again, even if you don't know, which side are you going to err on? The entire fan base, all of his close friends, every former football player looks at this only in one direction, but you're assuming Aaron Rodgers, by the way, the same people who are upset they didn't draft a wide receiver are and are and are upset that they drafted a quarterback are assuming Aaron Rodgers is not upset. So the fans are upset, the people that are defending him are upset, former players are upset, uh, friends of his are upset, and are assuming that Aaron Rodgers is upset, but your assumption is Aaron Rodgers is fine. He's not upset. That's, that's, that's illogical. That's irrational. And, again, Brett Favre not only um, played with him, not only was in his shoes as a quarterback who was playing at 36 when they drafted his replacement, not only is all of that true so that he would understand the emotion of it, he literally talks to Aaron Rodgers regularly, including, as he's about to say, after the draft they talk. Now, let me ask you this question. If, if let's just say you were best friends with Aaron Rodgers and you talked with him after the draft, you're going to talk about Jordan Love. You're going to talk about all these things, which, as again, he tells us that he did talk to Aaron Rodgers about the Jordan Love pick and did get his input on how Aaron Rodgers is feeling, which is hilarious because now he's coming right before this question, and I should play it, but I won't. Well, no, I'm, I'm not going to. It's, it's too long to, to make a short point. But he goes on to say he has every right to be upset if that's how he's feeling. You know, I don't, I don't really know how he's feeling. Yes, you do. You know how he's feeling because you asked him. And he's just about to tell us right now that he knows how Aaron Rodgers is feeling. And then right before that, what does he say? He has every right to be upset if, if in fact, that's how he's feeling. You know, I, I don't really, I mean, it's not like, I don't know how, I have no idea what, what's going through his head or anything. I mean, I did talk to him and he did tell me, but I don't know. Does any of that make sense in the context of, I had a conversation with Jordan Love. Again, this is you now. Your best friends with Aaron Rodgers. You give him a call, like, hey, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? Everybody's really worried. Like, are you are you upset? Where's your head at? He's like, no, I'm good, dude. Like, I don't I don't mind. He's a, you know, they, they said this was a possibility, and, you know, this is just what you do. When you see a really talented quarterback, you got to do it. And then Rich Eisen calls you up, and you talk about how this is... Sending a bad message, it's a, it's a betrayal, and Aaron Rodgers has every right to be upset if he is. Is any of that going to come out of your mouth if you just talk to Aaron Rodgers and he's good? None of that comes out of your mouth. None of it. Because it doesn't make sense. Can you, I mean, what, can you imagine being Aaron Rodgers and talking to Brett and being like, dude, it's all good, man. And then Brett going on national radio or whatever, television, and saying, I don't know, man, Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't seem too happy. Like, what are you... Th- I literally just told you. I'm fine. I'm not mad. And being like, dude, Bakhtiar, what... I, I'm good, dude. Like, all these guys have talked to him, and they're still with the same consistent message. Why would... They, you think... I mean, A.J. Hawk is still talking. Why hasn't he changed his tune? Why hasn't he come out and been like, you know what? I think Aaron Rodgers is good. You think he hasn't talked to him 
Again, this is irrational. I don't know where exactly Aaron Rodgers lands on the spectrum of furious and I'm going to demand a trade all the way up to I'm a little disappointed, but, you know, it is what it is. Somewhere in there, he he lies. I don't mean he tells things that aren't true. I mean, he's laying somewhere. He's standing. Let's let's say he's standing up. It's it's all kind of... Anyways. (laughs) It makes no sense to act as though there's nothing to see here. That's irrational. Of course there is. Aaron Rodgers is upset. It's just a question of how upset. Will he get over it? Will he come to his senses and realize, you know what, let's give this a shot? And of course, as I said last year, winning solves everything. If they come out and this offensive system is working and Aaron Rodgers looks like the GOAT and he's just killing it and his his career is essentially resurrected, which some people would disagree with my saying that, but let's be honest, he's not... 2014, 2011, 2010 Aaron Rodgers right now. He's a very good quarterback, but he's he's flawed. It's just it is what it is. But if if this comes back and he is he is on top again. When people talk about top quarterbacks, they don't talk about Rodgers anymore. If they're talking about Aaron Rodgers as a top quarterback in 2020, he's not worried about a trade. Gutekunst isn't worried about a trade. Nobody's worried about a trade. The point is right now Everybody's a little shell-shocked. Everybody that knows and talks to Aaron Rodgers is assuming that he's not very happy and have not yet changed their tune about how unhappy he is. And the the, the other funny thing is, and I'm going to play this clip here, the same people that are mad about twisting the words of people, the media that twists things for the sake of, of getting clickbait, there are Packer fans who are twisting this clip to make it sound like it's not as bad as it is. They're literally doing what the media does to lie about what Brett Favre said. It's incredible, and it's not even for money. It's just in your 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 own mind is so clouded. I, I just I don't I don't see. I, I'm just not wired that way. Some people are wired that I'm not. The only thing I care about is reality. I have no interest in living in a fiction. I have no interest. I mean, oh, that's not true. I do play some video games, and that is kind of fun. But I, I just I I just don't understand certain people who say things that they know isn't true because it fits a reality they want to live in. I just I don't understand people that that live that way. And there are people that are literally listening to what Brett Favre says and are choosing not to hear the context and are choosing to twist what he's saying to try to build a reality that you know isn't real. Anyways, let's play the clip and I'll explain to you what I'm talking about. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I was about if he is. Uh, any indication? I mean, he really had the only indication is that he has called Jordan Love or connected with Jordan Love and congratulated him and welcomed him to the team and that they have connected. That's the word that Brian Gutekunst used, that they have connected management uh, and, and Rodgers. Well, Aaron and I get along great, and I did talk to him. I'm not going to... Uh, talk about all that we talk about, but he, uh, he was, let's just say surprised that, uh, that they went in that direction. And I'm not surprised that he reached out to Jordan, um, being in a similar situation himself 15 years ago. Um, and and we had a great relationship in spite of what now, um, I wouldn't say it, it took a turn for the worse when I left, but he was basically caught up in the middle of, of a hornet's nest, if you will. Um, I don't foresee that happening here. I think I think Aaron will do whatever. You know, it's not his job to mentor Jordan Love. And, and this discussion went on, you know. I'm just going to cut it off there. Rich Eisen and, and Favre are both kind of rambly, which I guess I can identify with, but I, I really just wanted to hear certain things. But there's a couple things that are that are indications. And again, see, Brett Favre, in my opinion, believes he's doing a good job of masking what that conversation was. But again, it's not hard to read between the lines here. First of all, in terms of what I'm talking about with twisting, go back and listen to what he said. He said, first of all, I did talk to... and it, it, The way that he says it sounds as though it's a confession. That's the first thing. It, listen, I, I did actually talk to him after the draft. And then he pauses and he stops and he thinks about how I'm going to say this. And he says, and I'm, I'm not going to say everything we talked about, but... And then again, he pauses and he tries to think how to phrase it. He says, let's just say he was surprised. And I see all over Twitter, people quoting Brett Favre saying Aaron Rodgers was surprised by the pick and saying, wow, wow, like that's news. Excuse me. Are, are you kidding me? Did you actually listen? What does let's just say mean? Again, just, just run an experiment in your mind. This is not hard to do. Let's pretend Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre had a conversation in which Aaron Rodgers was no, in no way upset. Does anything Brett Favre said make any sense? None of it makes any sense. And be, beyond that, it, it, it's still telling as he goes along. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers, or, or I wasn't surprised Aaron Rodgers reached out to Jordan Love, considering he was in a similar situation. Wait a minute, what does that have to do with anything? Are you implying he's upset? Why, why, why would anybody be surprised that he reached out? I thought this was fine. Do you get what I'm saying? He's saying, I'm, I'm not really surprised that he reached out because he was in a similar situation. And because he knows what it's like to be in that spot, he'll probably treat him well. Finish the sentence now. Despite the fact that he's really upset by this. Again, the, the o- that's the only way anything he's saying makes any sense. That's the only context in which this makes any sense. Why else would you be surprised he reached out? Why, why does that have to be the context of why he reached out? I'm not surprised he reached out only because he was in that situation. How about because he's a teammate? Would, would, let's, again, run another experiment. If they drafted a wide receiver, would anything Brett Favre saying right now make any sense? 
I'm not surprised he reached out. I mean, you know, why would anyone expect you to be surprised? Again, he, he, he's, he's masking something, and he's trying to mask it as best as he can. But the, again, this only makes sense in one context. He talked to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was not happy. Now, again, wherein on this spectrum it lies, I don't know. Maybe it's just a general frustration. Maybe, I mean, and, and again, this is so obviously pointing in one direction. There's a million examples. Years ago, he talked about how we needed to load up, how we needed to do more stuff in free agency, how we needed to do all this different stuff, right? He talked about these things. And year after year, they don't go out and get him what he wants. It's, it's obvious what he wants, and they didn't do it. And not only did they not do it, they, they drafted a, a quarterback instead. I mean, it's, so it, it's, a, it's a double slap in the face. Not only, I mean, they, if they would have traded up for a defensive tackle, that'd be frustrating. If they would have traded up for a corner or, or whatever, it would be frustrating. But not only did they not get Aaron Rodgers what he asked for, or what he seemingly wants, but they traded up and drafted his replacement. Not that it's a guarantee, but that's, I mean, that's that's the purpose, right? Nobody trades up in the first round. And that, that I think, is another indication of why it's a slap in the face. Because you can't sit there and say, look, it's just how the board fell. That's the other issue with this, when people point to, you know, is it possible you would draft a quarterback? And they say, yes, it's always possible. You know, when, when a good quarterback falls to you, you take him. And Aaron Rodgers saying he understands that's part of it. It was never really discussed what it means when you trade up. Because it's not a f- the fact of the matter that the board just fell how it fell. You wanted him bad. And that has become more and more evident as time has gone on, how much they really, really, really like Jordan Love. And it's very evident. And, and this is so- sort of the problem with LaFleur and Gutekunst trying to reach out to Rodgers and saying, look, man, we loaded you up. Trust me, this is going to be a beautiful thing. Is also trying to dissuade him from believing how, how badly they want Jordan Love to be his replacement. Because that, that's just very evident. It's very obvious. And, and it does have to be frustrating for Aaron Rodgers. And I, I absolutely understand that. And again, I, I think it's possible for him to take some time, think it through, understand his options, understand he has complete control of his situation, that if things really go south, he does have the power to essentially ask for a trade next year and he'll probably get it. And we can talk about the finances of that as much as that makes me sick to my stomach to think about it, and it probably makes you sick to your stomach for him to kind of recognize all that. But, but I mean, let's be honest. From Aaron Rodgers' perspective, this guy has given everything to this team. He has dragged and kicked and fought, and no matter what you think about his talent level, maybe de- declining a little bit regardless, he's giving 110%. And he is, th- this is a California guy who seemingly does not seem to be a, a, a strong Wisconsin, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a different culture, right? He loves California and all that, but he's investing in Wisconsin. He, he, he lives here. He bought the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, not outright, but I mean, these are investments that say, I plan on being here my whole life. He's rooted here. He has no intention of leaving here. He has made a commitment to this team. It would be so easy to demand a trade and just get paid massive amounts of money. Massive amounts of money. I mean, the last time he got that contract, if he would have just said no to the Green Bay Packers, which, to be honest, if he'd have seen the future, maybe he would have, and just waited until free agency, he would have gotten so much money. And probably could have gone to California, got a bunch more money, went to a team that guaranteed, because he would pull all the strings, he would demand from that GM, I want, I want you to load me up. Similar to what happened with Tom Brady, right? They, they, their, their goal is we're going to load you up. They went out and got Gronk, and whatever you want, sir. And so you, you could understand the frustration. So again, from every angle, it makes sense for him to be upset. You could understand the frustration. Everybody that knows him says it would be frustrating. Um, 
they, they didn't even want to call him because they figured that this was a sensitive time. These are people that understand him and have been talking to him about what he wants and expects. People like David Bakhtiari, who are currently on the team. People like Aaron Rodgers, who have been in that situation, explaining how he would feel, how Brett would feel. Exp- and then going on to say, by the way, I talked to him. And, quote-unquote, let's just say he was a little surprised by this one. This is not up for debate. Aaron Rodgers is upset. Now, how upset and is this going to have any implication down the line, we don't know. But pretending this isn't a thing, pretending this isn't an issue, is is just incorrect. And I understand being defensive because people have been attacking Aaron Rodgers wrongly for a long time. And some people, and it's upsetting too, because some of these people have been digging and digging and digging and digging and digging at nothing, trying to create drama, trying to prove that there's drama. The problem is, though, you can't just pretend that there's never any drama when some gets stirred up just to spite these guys. Every, everything is new evidence. So when some dummy comes along and tries to push up drama that isn't there, they're a dummy. When they come back and say, see, there's more drama, the answer isn't, no, there isn't. The answer is, no, no, no. There's not more drama because you were wrong before because you're a dummy. There is seemingly, potentially, some drama now. We'll see how it plays out, though. Because that's really all there is. And I'm not trying to make this a big deal. I'm just telling you that it is a deal. And it does factor into all of this. Because one of the things that I left out when I talked about the potential that the Packers may actually really want Jordan Love to push him out, which is is something I never would have thought before the draft. But again, you trade up for Jordan Love and you do nothing in this draft except build around LaFleur. That has completely 180 changed my perception of what this team is doing. And it's shocking, but I'm again, it's, it's new information, and I'm just going to run with it. I'm not going to just sit on, on where I was and say, well, whatever, I'm always right, and I'm never wrong, and I'm never going to change my opinion. That makes for a pretty garbage podcast, doesn't it? And just a garbage way of life in general. Like I, I'm just going to believe whatever I want to believe. I don't care about new information. But, but the, the new little twist here is that it's not just a matter of, I mentioned this was a few days ago, the interesting comment from this is another example of fans trying to not understand rightly. Matt LaFleur or Brian Gutekunst, one of the two, made some kind of a comment like, I really hope he can play here as long as he wants to play here. And everybody's like, see, he can play as long as he wants. Nope, that's not what he said. He said, I hope he gets to play here as long as he wants to, knowing he's the guy that's going to decide if he plays here as long as he wants to or not. The only way he wouldn't play here as long as he wants is if Gutekunst and LaFleur kick him out. So it was a completely non-committed committal. In fact, it was them basically saying, we're willing to push him out. They didn't give him carte blanche. They didn't say he can play here as long as he wants. They said hopefully he can play here as long as he wants, which a literal translation of that is hopefully he can play so well that we don't end up pushing him out. However, it is on the table. So that's already on the table that they're willing to push him out. The other aspect that is now very clear, and again, I don't want to believe it, and I'd love to sit here and say this would never happen, and it's a conspiracy theory and it's garbage, but considering how drastic things have been, and considering how things have happened in a way that I never thought possible, I never thought it would happen, I think it's time to start being open to some different ideas and possibilities, and that is the idea and the possibility that Aaron Rodgers eventually just gets fed up. And if this offense doesn't work, if this team doesn't do very well, I think this is going to devolve rapidly. And not only is it possible that the Packers may be looking to get rid of Rodgers, but it might be mutual. And it might be Aaron Rodgers saying, listen, I, I just, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. Again, I, I, I feel like that's not going to happen, right? He's rooted here and all that stuff. He's got his team and he's, 
But at the same time, we how much do you really know Aaron Rodgers? How much do I? We don't really know. We don't know what he's thinking about. We don't. I mean, him and Danica are talking about some stuff. Him and Bakhtiari. Him and I mean, he's got people talking to him. What are those conversations? And you know how things go. I mean, just as an example, gentlemen, how dangerous is it when, let's say, your girlfriend or your wife is maybe upset with you about something, and they go talk to their girlfriends about it? Do you understand how much more trouble you're about to be in when that conversation is over? Oh my goodness. They have nothing good to say about you. Every suspicion she has, they're going to confirm. <laughs> You're in a lot of... You better cut that off quick. Do whatever it takes. Take her out to dinner. Get her off the phone with her friends. Do yourself a favor. And But that, that's, that's the point. A bunch of people who are saying he has every right to be upset are in his ear. What's to say he doesn't at least have a conversation? What's to say... I mean, he, he has friends all around the league. He knows coaches all around the league. How do you know other coaches from other teams are calling him up being like, dude... You know, I, w- I wouldn't treat you like that. I'm just saying. You talk to other coaches who are like, that's crazy, man. I can't believe they're doing that to you. That's so weird. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I, you know, we would never. We Look at what we did with so-and-so. Look at and da 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 other, other players. Like, man, I wish you were here. You know, we, we really take offense seriously. Look at all these weapons we got on offense. I mean, the Denver Broncos, for crying out loud. They went and loaded up Drew Locke. Drew Locke is garbage. <laughs> you tell me he doesn't have some friends that are playing with the Denver Broncos that talk to him being like, dude, that's crazy, man. Imagine how good you'd be here. We got like six tight ends that we've drafted. We got Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. And we already had Cortland Sutton, who was a wildly underrated draft pick. Very, very good football player. Noah Fant, we got a great run game. Defense, you know, Vic Fangio. I'm just saying. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm j- all I'm saying is Rodgers is just trying to process information right now. And which way he falls scares me. And of course, we all hope against hope. That Rodgers comes to the conclusion that they did load him up. That it, at the very least, he's going to just wait and see. Like, oh, listen, I'm just going to play wait and see game. We'll see how this goes. Hopefully it pans out. He comes out. He looks like an elite quarterback. Lafleur and Gutekunst and Rodgers are all best friends. I mean, let's just, you know, obviously if they win a Super Bowl, this is not even a question. But let's just hope everything looks good and the offense is clicking. Because, again, I even if they do well but the offense isn't great, I'm nervous. Because that is going to be a point of contention. LaFleur saying, this is what we need, talking about offensive line, tight end, running back. And Rodgers is looking at it from his perspective, saying, no, what I need is more help. Because, again, there is therein lies the conflict, which, again, is just kind of a problem in and of itself. LaFleur wants to do it his way. Rodgers wants to do it his way. If Rodgers was committed, which is what we all hope he will be, why is he pulling in his own direction? And maybe it's just because he's a quarterback and just all quarterbacks want more better wide receivers, but... His commitment to Lafleur is going to determine how quickly he can come over to the idea of, okay, let's really give this thing a shot. And again, if it works, it's not going to matter. And as I said before, the biggest indication, it's if we start to see the ball come out of his hand quickly and you start to see a bunch of short passes and hitting the check down and getting that little quick out and the ball's moving consistently down the field and they're running, they're mixing the run and the pass and it just really starts to look like a cohesive unit, you're seeing Rodgers buy in. And that's a very good sign. Rodgers is buying in. His stats are going to look great. His completion percentage is going to go through the roof, which I we're, we're a little short on time, but that's one of the things I want to go through is to talk about how important that is. Completion percentage, all that stuff is going to go way up. The offense is just going to be 
more cohesive. It's going to look better. Aaron Rodgers is going to feel better. The media is going to be talking about how great this is. Nobody's going to be talking about this period in time. In fact, if anything, they're going to be talking about how, how much of a key piece DeGuara was. And if you get Rodgers to say that at the podium and start to appreciate A.J. Dillon's contributions, if you start to get him to appreciate uh, DeGuara's contributions and, and even Jay Sternberger, because that's, you know, the, again, get him to appreciate the core components of a Shanahan offense, which he's already said he's impressed by the Shanahan offense. So there, there's at least an element of him wanting to, to be able to do those kinds of things in Green Bay. If we see that, breathe a sigh of relief because Aaron Rodgers has bought in and things are going well. And, and it's a very, very good sign that this may continue for a long time. And all our fears, we don't need to worry about. When you need to get worried is when you see Aaron Rodgers not throwing to those guys and still trying to push the ball down the field and force feed Devontae Adams. If that's happening, it's it's only one of two things. Either number one, Aaron Rodgers is just refusing to follow the system, or two, LaFleur is not doing a good job of actually operating the system and guys just aren't getting open. Either way, that's a problem. And that's when you need to get worried. That's when you need to start wondering, and, and again, it might be mutual. Maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't buying in and, and the Packers are like, look, if he's not going to buy in, we have to move on. And Rodgers is looking at it saying, listen, this is not good enough. You didn't give me enough weapons. I don't like this. I want out. And we don't know. And, and 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 to the fans' credit who are saying, just be quiet, to their credit, getting overly worked up is not helpful. We don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to settle when he finally kind of comes down and says, this is where I stand. Now, considering he can't leave this year and the Packers will never release him this year, he's going to play this year. So we have to assume he's at least going to settle on, I mean, if he has any level of maturity at all, and let's just call it, that, that is what it is, he's going to say, let's at least give this a shot. And then it, again, it just comes down to, is this going to work? Please, oh please, oh please tell me this works. And from that vantage point, again, there's so many moving parts and so many variables that getting worked up and upset at this point is premature. However, if we actually care about about the reality and trying to understand what's happening and what's going to happen and trying to read into these things. And maybe you don't. Maybe you just want everybody to be quiet and sing Kumbaya and be happy, and that's fine. You can do that. I don't care. But just don't lie. Right? Just I mean, at, there's no harm or shame in listening to this and saying, listen, fine, maybe, but I'm not worried about it. That's That's a fine position to have. Don't deliberately take things out of context and lie to try to make a point. To prove Aaron Rodgers isn't upset. Because anytime you have to lie to try to prove a point, you're kind of already wrong. I mean, even if you're correct, you're wrong. Does that make sense? Because you don't you don't know you're correct. You're, you're lying. So even in your own mind, you don't believe that you're right. Which is, again, it's just a weird... I don't get how people can do that. It's so weird to me. If you are one of those people, legitimately, I want you to reach out. Like, if you do that, and maybe people don't know that they do it, please reach out. I, I just, I want to get inside your head for just a moment. I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to scold you. I'm just, I'm very curious. Because it's just baffling to me. So, again, to summarize, Aaron Rodgers isn't thrilled. Now, on a spectrum of I demand a trade to little frustrated, but I'm used to it. Let's see how it goes. I don't know wherein he lies. But this this, this is, at best, a volatile situation. And I genuinely believe, and not that this would be any different in any other situation, but because of the way things have fallen right now. Like, let's say they went out and got a wide receiver and the offense doesn't really click, I don't think we're really worried about anything, right? We're upset, and we're concerned, and it's like, oh, shoot, now what do we do? And, you know, we ask some questions, but there's no worry about Aaron Rodgers either getting traded, cut, or demanding a trade. This, this, I mean, th- th- you want to talk about a gutsy move by this organization. They have put themselves in a really scary predicament. 
because even if if Aaron Rodgers rises up and is like, look, man, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not going to abandon the fans, and like he does the the most awesome thing that we could hope. He's like, I'm, I'm not leaving my my teammates. I'm not leaving Wisconsin. I'm not leaving the Packers. You know, I disagree with what they're doing, but fine. Gutekunst and Lafleur don't know that. They don't know how he's going to react. So they're risking the potential that Aaron Rodgers is so upset that he gives them one more year. I talked about yesterday how the Packers are using this as an evaluation of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers very well may be using this as one last year to evaluate Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst. Okay, I tell you what, I've been playing this game for a long time. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for help. I have been asking for a long time to get help. And this is the final straw. You're going to go in this direction. You're going to you know, try to try to pull some power move and tell me that 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 what I want doesn't matter, and you're just gonna after all these years, you're gonna bring in Matt Lafleur and 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 just push in his direction and, and trust him and take the ball out of my hands and run the ball and and do all this stuff. Fine, I will play along for a year. This better work. Again, I don't know any of this, but this is a this is a volatile situation. And the thing that scares me, and this is something else that people are are mocking Brett Favre for. But it's his comment, and I'll, I'll just play it here. And again, th- this is speculation, and there is a lot of speculation on Brett Favre's part. I'm not pretending that everything he's saying is directly from Aaron Rodgers' mouth and he's just relaying it. But I think this is pretty good insight in terms of how gutsy, let's just call it gutsy, of a move this was. Because I think this is a, a fairly good point. Here's Brett Favre one last time. So I would do all I could to not burn that bridge. Um, and I, I, I don't think that they did that. I think that they burned a bridge that it's going to be hard to uh, overcome. It, at some point, I think it will rear its ugly head. How so, Brett? What do you mean? Um, he's got four years left on his contract. I, you know, I mean, say they start off 0-3. Um regardless of how Aaron's playing, but I assume he'll play like he normally does, but they're 0-3. I think we'll see the claws come out from from a lot of folks, um, and they're, they're going to be left trying to defend themselves. So I, I, I generally agree with that, but I want to take it one step further. It's not just a matter of if we go 0-3 that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to step up and defend Gutekunst. Let's say they go 0-3 and they finish the season with nine wins and miss the playoffs. And let's say Jordan Love is not looking good. Jordan Love needs a lot of work. Suddenly, Aaron Rodgers has all the power. And the Green Bay Packers are, are going to realize how desperately they need Aaron Rodgers on this team. Now, granted, if you get nine wins, it's probably not that great, but the, the, the thing that scares me is if Jordan Love isn't the guy and they've positioned themselves in a spot where they're ready to move on and Jordan Love proves that he can't play, and maybe it's going to take two years, three years, maybe it's never going to happen, they could find themselves in a situation in which Aaron Rodgers' frustration is through the roof because he has been asking and asking and asking and he never gets any help, and now they went out of their way to get a quarterback instead of a wide receiver and go all, get all these things, and the team is terrible, and he reaches a level where he says, I can't take it anymore, I want out. Now where are we left standing? Where are we as the Green Bay Packers organization? Where are we as Green Bay Packers fans? Where are we left? That that is that is the absolute worst case scenario, and I'll say it's unlikely, but it it is. And again, talking about how gutsy of a move this is, this better work. End of story. It's not just about Jordan Love better be good because that may be the case when the time comes. This is about if this offense isn't very good, if this team doesn't make the playoffs. 
for whatever reason. I'm not anticipating it, but things happen. And Aaron Rodgers' frustration boils over and demands a trade. We are in a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble. And again, for the thousandth time, and I keep qualifying this because I know people are going to overreact, I'm not saying this is likely. I'm just talking about how risky and gutsy of a move this was. Because if you draft a wide receiver and just go down the line and get what everybody expected, you know, you get a wide receiver and then you get a tackle and then you get a linebacker and you kind of just do what everybody expects and we miss the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is just going to go along with it, right? It's just, it is what it is. We did what we could, you know, and then you talk to Gutekunst and Gutekunst is like, man, that really stinks. You know, we'll, we'll try to figure it out. And, you know, what did you think it didn't go well? And we'll, we'll try to attack it in, in free agency and we'll get this thing right. It's not even a question. I mean, this is this is putting your neck out there, man. This is this is risky, scary territory, and it makes me nervous. And again, it's it's all speculation, but that that's the thing. I mean, we, we're we're kind of used to being in this tiny little bubble, and you know, the team is what it is, and it's going to be this way for a long time. And there's no real changes. We got the same coach, same GM, same quarterback, same everybody. Maybe once every two to three years, like a big player like Jordy leaves, and it's like just changes your entire universe. And suddenly it's like somebody just took a Mack truck and threw it in the, the gears. And it's just throwing this all out of whack. And it's like, oh my goodness. I've never felt so in danger before of, of potentially seeing the collapse of this team. I mean, it, it, it could go the opposite direction. This could be the start of an incredible run. But it's the volatility. It's, and, and last year we talked about like, wow, there's so many questions. Who knows? It's even more now. It's, it's a broader range, and it, it, we have a, a fairly better idea that at least this offense can work, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, we can get to 13 wins with this, so that's a good foundation to be on, but it's just, it's just crazy times, and again, I'm just, I'm just trying to present the spectrum, and that is the spectrum from, I mean, the best case scenario, which is Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, he continues to play as a great quarterback, wins like two more Super Bowls here, and then after he's gone, Jordan Love steps up, which, you know, at that point, he's going to need a new contract, but fine, whatever. And then he's a great quarterback, and we get him for 15 years. And it's just, it's like a fairy tale. Worst case scenario, the team is terrible, doesn't go to the playoffs. Jordan Love is a garbage quarterback. None of these draft picks pan out. Aaron Rodgers demands a trade, and we have years and years of darkness. Although, would put us in a pretty good spot. Actually, that would, actually wouldn't actually be that terrible. <laughs> Only because... If we're a bad team and have a bad record and we trade Aaron Rodgers and get compensation in the form of first-round draft picks, we can trade up and get a guy like Trevor Lawrence or some really good quarterback. I doubt whoever's in the one spot will give up the Trevor Lawrence spot, but you get my point. Still, not super desirable. We would also have to trust in that instance that they actually have the ability... What was I saying? Kids are up now, so I'm getting interrupted. We would have to trust that they have the ability to evaluate a quarterback. But And again, I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I don't want to just let this pass. And I'm hoping, I thought yesterday was going to be the last time we're going to have to go down into theoretical land and we can start talking about more concrete things and get excited about this season and the prospects and all that kind of stuff. And the plan is to do that tomorrow. We'll see who Rich Eisen can dredge up tomorrow. But again, just you don't have to overreact. But let's stop pretending like this isn't something. Let's stop pretending like this isn't dangerous territory. It doesn't make you a bad fan to worry that Aaron Rodgers is a little upset. So, anyways, that's where I'm at. Again, I didn't even... The, the plan was, I'm going to do the, the smaller newsy stuff, talk about a couple things. I was going to go over Reggie Begleton and everything else. Then we would take a break and then we'd launch into this. But I just... Whatever. So, again, sorry for the random commercial break, but uh, that's what happened. But anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.